I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge. Now, Liam, last week we joked about the, uh, I guess, hopes and dreams that presented us on the horizon post-buys, and we questioned whether it was in fact a mirage, and you fittingly used the analogy of uh, Wiley Coyote running into the side of a mountain that was painted with a fake tunnel. Now, the question is, in light of Tom Stewart likely being out for a minimum of three weeks, do we already have confirmation it is in fact a mirage, or are we the Supercoach equivalent? of Wally Cody. I reckon, no, I reckon the super coach gods are Wally Cody right now. They're like, (laughs) screw you. You thought you were getting through. (laughs) Just sitting there laughing at us maniacally. It's been pretty tough. I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you're right though. I think it's the, the super coach gods. Just screwing us um, over. Yeah. Screwing us over. And you would have seen as well, uh, father Bob, um, He actually, a lot of people know who Father Bob is, great, uh, great fellow, followed us on Twitter and it was the Fantasy Gods, I think it is, uh, AFL Fantasy Gods on Twitter, saw it also and they said, can you give us a follow? And I, I pulled them up and I said, hey, look, he's not going to follow, Father Bob isn't going to follow you unless you're kind to us fellow mere mortals. So just hopefully that uh, that gets through to the to the higher, yeah. higher ups at, uh, in the in the god the super land. Coach god land, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. In the super coach heavens. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it seems like every week now we are losing a big name player in the, mm. I guess, in some shape or form with Gorn, English, and now Stuart going down. So let's hope it comes to an end. But uh, of course, Liam, we'll cover that big talking point and more. But not before we first delve into the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the good, the bad, and the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective rounds went, uh, and look at some of the you can look at our scores, our overall ranking, and the the trades we've made, and the players that stood out for both good and uh, bad reasons. Uh, I 
kick off the segment. As listeners would know, that means I didn't win this week, shockingly. Um, seems close, to be the theme right? of the year. It was, it was reasonably close. It was reasonably close. Uh, had a score of 2,376 this week. Pretty happy uh, with that overall, considering I did have both Hobbs' 36 and Judkin Clark's 26 on field Ooh. and obviously had Parrish on the sidelines as well. So went up in my overall ranking just a little bit, 650 spots. Mm. So I'm sitting at 19,056 overall. So hopefully you can continue just that upward trend, which will be nice. Um, the only way is up. The, season, the only way is up. <laughs> Harping way back to that up. point. We haven't mentioned it in a while. No, we haven't. We haven't. Uh, <laughs> Probably for good reason, because we haven't been really ascending. The, well, you uh, the have ranks. been. You have uh, been. Yeah, all over the buys, but prior to that, not not so much. Yeah, yeah it's, true, true. It's been hard going. Yeah, it has been hard going. Uh, onto the trades. Uh, so I went pretty aggressive with my trade strategy uh, this week uh, in a couple of ways. Uh, one, both options uh, ended up being pods. Uh, and the second was just sort of being a bit aggressive and trading out English um, just because I wanted to do something a bit different, I guess. Uh, so I uh, moved on Gorn and English and brought in, uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast, two pod ruck options in Nank the Tank and uh, uh, Blixarves as well, which was a very nice... Uh, on the good, on debut, I've got big Toby Nankervis as my good this week. Uh, most rucks have seemed to struggle against Stanley, who uh, tends to play a bit of a negative role, especially in terms of supercoach scoring. Uh, but the Nank did debut with a massive 141 against Richmond against Geelong on the weekend. So I was very happy with that trade-in. Uh, in the bad, I'm going to be a bit harsh about bad and ugly this week. Mm. Um, Spice it up. Yeah, I'm going to spice it up a bit. And probably less so with the ugly, but with the bad, I've got Paddy Cripps here. Uh, and I've got him there. Yeah. I know he scored 95, not too bad, you know, on the face of it, but he just isn't reaching those same heights that he was earlier in the season. Uh, I don't know, I'm just looking at his, you know, his three-round average is uh, 100 on the dot and his five-round average is 98.4. Not what I need from a from a midfielder. So not too happy with that overall. Uh, needs to lift big time, if you ask me. Mm. Yep. Make him a bit of a rocket there. Uh, in the ugly, probably less harsh, but I just feel bad. I don't like having, I don't like having rookies in or cash cows in my in my ugly category because I just I feel it's a bit harsh. But I've got both Hobbs and Judson Clark in a week where I did have to rely on them due to injuries. Um, I didn't need them regressing in their scoring. Uh, but on the upside, I guess, next week, uh, they'll both firmly be planted on my bench, assuming that there's no injuries and the parish does actually come back this week. Yeah. What about yourself, David? Yeah. How'd you go? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. You'd assume that uh, that Parrish, because he was the big cornerstone for in like in both of our matchups, and we forgot to mention it uh, in mm. last week's episode that we were actually facing off in uh, both the Supercoach Edge League uh, and also my Cash League. So I yes. was I was very fortunate. It's very funny as well. I've noticed that if you have the same people in multiple leagues, it tends to match you up on the exact same week. It's happened multiple times now. So. Supercoach's algorithm needs to fix that up, I think, because it's mm. um, it means that obviously if you have a really good week, you're going to beat that person twice over. Twice. If you have a shit one, yeah. you're going to 
just average it out a bit better. But um, yeah, I mean, that was very unfortunate for you, but you will get into uh, into the head-to-head ranking and, and sort of what the go was there very shortly. But uh, in terms of my score, was uh, was pretty happy with it. 2,454, yeah. not too shabby, just mm. a tad above par. But I was, however, disappointed. I mean, you've got to be disappointed about something. And it did come <laughs> in the form of um, one of my crucial cash league matches where just because I scored that high and I thought, like any other regular week, you'd almost be a shoe in for the win. Not this week. Um, there was a lot of people in a lot of my leagues um, sort of scored around about that mark, if not a little bit more, as my opponent did in this case here. So, yeah, a bit disappointing to lose that, but Salavi, it happens. I think there's um, in one of my cash leagues um, called the Hot Shots, um, I am actually, I have the most points scored against me. And I think I'm the eighth highest overall scorer. But obviously, despite that, with the um, differential there, with the most points scored against, it uh, has me in 13th spot. So, yeah, it's it's sort of harsh, I think, with leagues, as you know. Um, the season there I finished um, in the top 500, whatever it was, I ended up not even making finals in this specific league. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy, the uh, ebbs and flows with head-to-head leagues. But... In terms of overall ranking, uh, climb the ranks, albeit not as stark as I did across the buys, up 518 spots to now sit 5,122 overall. And I almost felt over across the buys that I was, you know, as you do, especially as a kid, you you, you sprint upstairs and you start skipping a few steps. Yeah. That's almost what I felt like. Whereas now it's almost like I'm taking it step by step, day by day. Um but yeah, probably a wise move because I can feel myself tripping up at any moment and I'll be tumbling right down that ranking staircase. So we'll see how things go. But uh, in terms of the trades, uh, much like yourself, Liam, I think we both had a, um, we'll call it the uh, the ruck facelift because mm. you changed both of your starting rucks, as yep. did I. So I traded Gorn, Gorny out to Wits and I traded in English as well to uh, to Sean Hodor Darcy, Hodor, Hodor, and he held the door right in the week, and he did very, very well. And as we spoke about in last week's app, so we both opted to oust English. We would have loved to have kept him, but in my case, I wasn't able to do it. I was looking to bring in Jackson, um, trade out Hobbs, and then play Jeffrey. Uh, but of course, Jeffrey, uh, of course, it's just super coach luck. Uh, injured his knee in like the closing minute of that game. And uh, he's now up for the year. So I wasn't able to do that trade. So I had to trade at English to Darcy. Uh, I wasn't too bad. So I can't complain too much. But um, yeah, we'll uh, see how we go from here in terms of trades after him. So I've kind of gone a little bit of a roundabout from where I wanted to go. But uh, still looking at Jackson potentially. In terms of the good, um, even though he was the second highest scorer in my team behind Laird, Wits gets the good badge on debut for my team, much like Nank the Tank for you. uh, Because he did return... A 148, which was amazingly only 12 points below his break-even. So he almost smashed his break-even of 160. Um, absolutely um, pummeled, as we said, as we referenced last week. Port's broomstick. That's that's who they had in the ruck, virtually. Um, snapped it in half, trot all over it, did well. Good old widder. Um, and he came into my side off a discount of 26.7K the previous week and is all but bottomed out. So uh, it was doubly sweet in terms of timing there. So I'm quite happy with that. In terms of the bad, uh, Hobbs, he, um, like, I, like I mentioned, had to come in with Jeffrey injured, and he absolutely hit a brick wall, scoring just 36 and the lowest score in my team overall. And that's what ultimately held me back from scoring 2,500. So 
little bit of a dent in uh, in my week, uh, but that was just the one dent really, so I can't complain too much. But the ugly. Now, very similar to you, Liam, putting um, Cripper. But Cripper was was uh, was bad. I've got a little bit harsher here because this bloke has, has found himself in my bad in previous weeks and he's getting worse. And it's uh, it's Jaden Short. So he wasn't the lowest scorer. But because of the fact that, again, we spoke about it in previous weeks, that the main reason his poor run of form continues is Dimmer is persisting with him in the midfield. And believe it or not, on the weekend, he had a season-high CBAs with 67% in the middle, um, which isn't working well for a super coach uh, scoring-wise anyway. And Vlosten, meanwhile, continues to gorge on the chips in defense <laughs> that Short would otherwise gobble up, with gravy, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, unfortunate, absolutely unfortunate. So, um mm. That's kind of where I sit. And he's one that I wish I had a few more trades at my sleeve because he would yeah. be my first luxury trade at the moment, I think. Uh, someone <coughs> sent in a question, which we'll address later in the episode, about potentially trading Crips. But um, Short would be first and, and foremost uh, front of mind mm. at the moment. So hopefully that changes over the other uh, coming weeks and he can shift back into defence. Might be on our Never Again list otherwise. Uh, uh, yes. Let's have a quick look. See, we'll have to chat about it never again this later in the season. Mm. Let's have a quick look at the head dad, David. I'll let you run through it. Yes, so uh, I've gone out to eleven wins and four losses, and you are four wins, eleven losses, and the point differential is six six two. But uh, like I said, uh, when you were talking about your team, a very very close call this week for myself. And I reckon you would have most definitely had my measure had Parish not been out of the Don's lineup. So. I'm sensing off the back of your ruck facelift and the fact that it's a pod ruck facelift, it's going to go hand in hand uh, with mine to an extent, but probably more so because they're pods. And I reckon you could cause a, a bit of a boil over at certain stages come the back half of the year. So um, there's eight weeks to go and a point differential of only 662. You could easily make that up. If you uh, if you go on a bit of a scoring run, uh, you, could, you could come back and um, push me. I hope so. Overall anyway. I hope so. I hope, yeah, I hope, hope there's a, just, I wanted to cause a bit of chaos in some of the leagues as well. Some men aren't looking for anything logical like money. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And uh, that's, that's, that's you, Liam. Yep, that's me. I like it. I'm quite happy seeing the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> the super coach world, the super coach world. Yeah, exactly. Any, anyway, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's have a chat about some of the talking points because the super coach world was certainly on fire. Uh, let's uh, look at them a little closer in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn. In the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. And the biggest talking point came in the form of Tom Stewart, who has been referred directly to the tribunal after bumping and concussing Dion Prestia, who was then subbed out of the game. Uh, as we record this podcast, uh, it's expected that Stewart would miss a minimum of three matches and the possibility of four plus, depending on the verdict. Either way, unfortunately, uh, at this stage of the season, especially, I think you'd have to be trading him out. Uh, it's it's not often that you do trade out a player who's just scored 161. Uh, it's just such unfortunate, so unfortunate. Uh, but the question is then who do you trade him to? Uh, we'll discuss the handful of options that you should be considering very shortly in our next segment. 
Yes, and uh, the other news on the agenda is the timeline for for Tim English. And we tweeted about the comments made by Bevo post-match on Friday against the Hawks where he made more of an indication that he wouldn't get up for the Round 16 clash against the Lions in Brisbane. He told journos, and I quote, maybe with his history he probably won't play. We'll keep him for another week and really look after him. So um, we spoke about it last week. We sort of read between the lines and we said that given his mandatory 12-day recovery falls on the uh, the game day against the Lions, compounded by the fact the game is interstate and the team would need to travel on Wednesday at a minimum, it doesn't really bode well for English. And then you factor in that he did miss those four games through concussion last year against the Giants, culminates mm. in him more than likely missing again. And uh, just as I uh, mentioned this, I did see on Twitter, I'm going to have to try and find, might might sort of harp back to this during the episode, but there was, I forget the journo's name, he was down at um, a training and uh, apparently his concussion symptoms carried over until the back end mm. of uh, the week, week just gone. So that doesn't obviously bode well. If he's still getting symptoms, um, you'd probably just write him off for this week at a minimum, but... That leads me to think, could it potentially go beyond the two weeks? Hopefully not, but um, yeah, they'll just probably assess it on a weekly basis, but go from there. So yeah, I mean, if you've held English for one week at the moment, you might as well hold him for another until a bit more you know, information comes out about his, his timeline of return. But uh, yeah, when it comes to Tom Stewart, it's a whole different ball game. So um, with that, Let's chat about replacement options for him in mm. The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and who you should be considering trading in or out of your side this week. Uh, we'll kick off with the sales. And first off, and I'm sure it does come as no surprise, it is Tom Stewart, obviously defender eligible, 642.4K, averaging 115.5 with a break-even of 74. Now, as we spoke of, Stewart has to go. Uh, you'd expect him that he'll be missing a minimum of three weeks. And even if he had cover on the bench, you can't really afford to have that amount of dollars on the bench, nor would you have cover the quality level of scoring that you get with Tom Stewart. We'll detail it below a couple of standout replacement options, but it just kills me seeing that you're trading out a player that's just scored 161, yeah. has a break even of 74, and he's priced at 642.4K. Oh, rough. It, yeah, super rough. And I feel for those people as well. And it's it's, it's almost the nature of fantasy and super coach, isn't it? That mm. there's always going to be those people that trade in a player that unfortunately gets injured long-term, which has happened with Gorn, as we know. Uh, but mm. now Stewart as well, who's going to be out for a little bit of time due to suspension. And it's just terrible luck. Um, and I know firsthand uh, one of one of our loyal listeners in um, in JP, um, he is actually, he said a few weeks ago that he was targeting Tom Stewart potentially this coming week um, because he was going to be bottoming out in his price. So um, mm. he's dodged a bullet there, but there's others that unfortunately haven't. But yeah, it's it's so... It's a cruel mistress, is super coach and fantasy. It is. Cruel mistress. It is. Uh, the other sell candidate is uh, the youngster from the Giants, Jacob Weir. Weir? Weir. Uh, defender, 244.5K, averaging a 61.8 with a break even of 11. 
And regrettably, uh, he finds himself as a sell option um, just purely because of the fact there are some good defender bubble boys on the table. So he presents as the most logical option. If you don't need the cash, he's definitely one you uh, you could hold with that low break even indicating he has a little bit more cash to make potentially. Um, and also just purely because he looks as though he cemented his spot in the uh, the Giants lineup at the moment. So um, playing very, very well is the youngster. Um, but yeah, if you need to make a bit of bank, he is the avenue to take. Yes. Uh, another option on the sell table is Joel Jeffrey, forward eligible, 284.5K, averaging 68.4 with a break-even of 38. Now, whether it's an upgrade or a downgrade, uh, I think either way, it's time to let Jeffrey go. He's made 157K and he's out for the, the remainder of the year due to having had surgery on his knee uh, due to that injury. So just out he goes, I guess. Yeah, see you later. Yeah, it's unfortunate because he was providing a fair bit yeah. of uh, good coverage, wasn't he? Mm. Almost to the same level as uh, Hobbs, Hobbs prior to this, uh, this week, just gone anyway. Um, but yeah, the only thing that, that he was missing was the DPP. So... Um, yeah, unfortunate, but yeah, an easy way to, to make a bit of cash, but it's just annoying yeah. that you have to burn a trade and you're forced to burn a trade on him, uh, for the long-term sort of benefit of getting in bench cover. But, uh, talking of bench cover, and I just spoke of him, Ben Hobbs is that other option to potentially think about moving on. He's a forward midfielder priced at three through three point six K averaging 61.5 with a break even of 92. And yes, he is another one you can hold if you do prefer, and uh, myself and you, Liam, I think he, you know, we spoke about it off uh, off air that he presents as a fair, decent enough sort of F7, M9 cover. Um, yeah. And, you know, a score of 36 on the weekend was a definite downer, but consider that form, um, you know, I guess in terms of from round eight to round 13, he didn't score below 70. So it is a little bit of a one-off, probably harping back to, I think it was his second game he scored in the 30s. Um, so, you know, he's a rookie. You can't expect him to uh, average 70 every single week. So hopefully um, for his sake and the Dons as well, that he can get back um, on that uh, that bandwagon of scoring around about that mark. Um, but yeah, like I said, could be a sell or a hold depending on your situation, especially how many trades you have left as well. Yeah, definitely. He's a hold for me um, just because I kind of like the cover that he provides um, and I can do my trades around him, which is which is nice. Yeah. Um, now let's move on to the buys and we'll start off with a couple of top options uh, to consider as replacements for Tom Stewart. And first off, it is Aaron Hall, defender eligible, 508.3K, averaging 105.3 with a break-even of 51. Now Hall looks to have returned top form in his uh last two games back after his hamstring injury scoring a 94 followed by a season high of 153 on the weekend against the crows most pleasingly though he took 11 of the 13 total kick-ins on the weekend <clears throat> but you know what nah he played on from all of them except for one that's not good enough oh that is not good all enough of them. seriously what are you what doing, are you doing such, a yeah. such a waste such a waste Pad those stats. Uh, he's, exactly. You've got to pad the stats. Yeah. Come on, yeah. think about it. Uh, <laughs> it is also, he's also going to be a pretty big pod at the moment because he is only in 1.7% of teams. That number is sure to rise after this week, but good option. Good option. He also yep. net, what, 130 uh, odd K? 
134 points, something. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, uh, if it's you trade him from, so that's pretty good, pretty nice. And yeah. you're getting a top, sort of a top, uh, top defensive option as well. Yeah, a good way to look at it. Exactly right. Because it, it virtually you're getting in, I mean, he's a primo. Um, yeah. Aside from the fact that his durability issues are sort of cropping up again, and there's a little bit of a scariness factor to it. But yeah, by downgrading him, you're virtually funding another upgrade with that spare 134k or thereabouts. So yeah, amazing. He's a he's good 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 option. Another good option is uh, Jordan Dawson, defender midfield, uh, 593.3k, averaging a 110.6 with a break even of 74. And no doubt about it, he is uh, one of the most informed defenders at present with a three-game average of 126.7 and a five-game average of 122.8. And he hasn't mm. dropped below 100 since round seven and flashed his high ceiling with four scores above 130 over that stretch. Just, you know, just lifting the skirt a little bit. Like, yeah, just giving a little bit of a flash. <laughs> like, here you go, Marilyn Munro on the, um, on the great. <laughs> Sort of cools the ankles, doesn't it? Still to face the Eagles, uh, does Dawson. And he has another go at North, who he scored 134 points against on the weekend and feasted. So, um, yeah, he's got a good um, good sort of draw coming up and doesn't look to be slowing down at all. Um, you'd be netting around about 49K or thereabouts. Um, I don't know, 40, yeah, 49K, uh, rough, roughly, um, by downgrading yeah. Stewart to uh, to Dawson. So not too shabby there. And you're getting someone who is averaging uh, around about that, uh, that mark close to Stewart as well. And now another option, Lucky Whitfield, uh, defender midfield eligible, 463.1K, averaging 85.3 with a break-even of 68. And he has returned to some very good form post-injury mm. and under the reign of Spike McVeigh, like a number of other GWS players, yep. little backhander <laughs> there to uh, Leon, Leon. Cameron. Uh, but he has bounced back with a three-round average of 107.3 and three successive scores of over 100, which I don't think he had done this year, uh, with scores of 118, 101, and 103, especially not – he hadn't done that, I don't think, when he was in my side. So nope, most maybe, definitely not in my side. Maybe that's an issue. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he does come – <clears throat> Sorry, he doesn't come without his risks, uh, but a downgrade from Tom Stewart will net you around 180k. <laughs> wow, that is mm. amazing! Imagine like what you could bring in with that sort of money. Yeah, I can only dream. That's a lot of cash. That is a lot of cash. Yeah. Uh, we obviously all thought <clears throat> he was a bargain at the start of the season, and now you'd be great grabbing him for just under 40k less than his starting price. Mm. So is he an ultimate bargain now? He annoys me. He annoys me because I knew he was going to do this. I knew it was going to happen with, with Cox and that's part of the reason why we kept him. And I would have kept him had he mm. not gone out with that, was it ankle injury, whatever he had yeah. for the two, two weeks leading into the bye. Uh, it annoys me because if I even now, if I had more trades, I'd be willing to actually even trade in a short for a Lockie Whitfield, as yeah. crazy as that sounds, because Whitfield is showing now that he's, he's he's flashing the sort of form that we were hoping he would at the start of the year when we all started with him, because he was the most, I think it was, aside from Nick Dacos, one of the highest owned players in the yeah. competition, and for good reason, good bargain, and he's producing those those good scores now, so... Ah, Lockie. But having said that, though, he does have durability issues, so keep that in mind. I want to... 
want to warn, and that sort of applies yeah. as well to, to Aaron Hall, obviously. But, I mean, with that risk comes that reward because you are saving a fair bit of dosh. Mm. Uh, in terms of other options, so there are obviously uh, a myriad of uh, different options there in defence. So it goes without saying, if you are in the minority without the likes of, you know, the, the big, big tasty options in Doherty, Sicily, Sinclair, both of those two um, latter guys are sort of um, diving in price a little bit. So you could probably hold off a little bit more to get them as a bit of a, um, bit of a cheaper option. But these are the guys I would target uh, outside of those we have just listed. And the other outsider options include Houston, Dale, Rich, and Vlosten. And there are, again, uh, many more other pod options out there, but they are probably the um, the ones of, of uh, most note. Yeah, I think those four are probably the ones that are safest. Um, but there's yep. definitely a few interesting pods that um, if I had Stuart and I was at the stage of the season that I was at, I'd be loving to look at. Um, I'm gone pod crazy now. Um, <laughs> You've got the disease, man. You've got the infection. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to just other trading options, just, you know, for other lines, uh, if you don't have to worry about Tom Stewart. And the first one is Lukey Jackson, forward and ruck eligible, 396.5K, averaging 85.8 with a break-even of 27. Now, he played his first full game in the ruck for the Ds, and he looked right at home, scoring 122. This consisted of 21 disposals, which was an equal season high. Keita Goal had 18 hitouts, four marks, and an impressive nine tackles. Now, we spoke of his ability <clears throat> last week as a bit of an agile ruck, being the mold of sort of a Brody Grundy, playing as that ruck and an extra midfielder, and he played that to a tee on the weekend. He has a low break-even still of 27, and uh, while his, his ceiling will no doubt be capped once Gorn does return, I think he could be best seen as always an F7 and possible R3 cover in the later part of the year. I mean, I'd probably be playing at F7 and then swinging him into the rucks if, if you ever needed um, mm. sort of some cover there for the inevitable injury that seems to be afflicting the ruck line. Yeah, exactly. That's um, that's that's almost the, um, the infection that's, that's doing the rounds. So whilst you've got the uh, the pot infection, they've got the um, the ruck injury and everything else infection. Um, but yeah, I, I am definitely looking at him. As I said, I was looking at him last week. Unfortunately, um, Jeffrey scuttled those plans, wasn't able to do it. But yeah, I think I'm I'm not looking at him as a long term option. And we did speak of that last week mm. as well in the fact that Gorn will return. And I think I read that he is being slated for, for a potential return next week as early as next week. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that, um, if they want to rush him back so soon, I guess, with that sort of injury to a, to a big bloke that relies so much on sort of the, the leap, um, yeah. spring, whatever you want to call it, as a ruckman, puts a bit of pressure on that injury. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm still keen on getting him, but more so, um, Jackson, this is, more so as that F7 uh, looping mm. option because I do have a, um, a donut uh, alongside him or would be alongside him on the bench up forward? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not sold on him. Um, if it's, it's just a tough one. It's a bit of a tough one. I don't know. Mm. I see the benefit, but I also see the, f the floor, I guess, in picking him and it's a bit tough. I mean, I'm running low on trades because I've had so many injuries. So bringing Luke Jackson 
and then having to upgrade him or, you know, move players around to be able to get someone else in is just going to be a bit hard for me. So it's just, it's just hard. It's hard without knowing a proper prognosis on, um, on Gorn. And it's also hard not knowing what Jackson's role is when Gorn comes back. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm just like trying to forecast ahead. So I've got the uh, got our super coach Edge patented crystal ball here, and oh, yes. I'm, what I, what I can foresee is that if if Jackson again this coming weekend um, and potentially the weekend after, if Gordon hasn't returned, if he is showing that he can handle playing as a solo ruck, it's almost like the D's will be forced into a you know a Darcy Cameron. Brody Grundy type situation on a smaller scale, obviously. Yeah. Um, but could we see the potential there for the ruck share to be similar to what it was like last, late last year, when Gorn was getting less time in the ruck because Jackson was eating up that that uh, those ruck attendances potentially. Potentially. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's just hard. It's hard to hard to read the future, I guess. Um, yeah. But you, you would you would expect Jackson to take more of the share of the ruck um, if Gorn does come back early because you'd think they'd want to sort of ease him back into it a little bit. Um, as you mentioned with the injury that Gorn sustained, just sort of hampering his his ruck abilities, I would say, with this lacking that spring um, or how affecting that spring you would expect. <clears throat> um, but then does that also mean that Gorn increases his loads in the back end towards Supercoach finals, and it's sort of you're, you're left with with Jackson there. If, if he is going to be your F7 um, or R3, probably more your F7, then I don't see he's as big an issue, uh, but you're just going to make sure that you're going to be able to, to, to arrange that, I guess, make sure you've got that ability to bring in an actual F6 um, if you uh, have got Luke Jackson there. Let's move on to Sammy Walsh, my boy. So he's priced, <laughs> I can't believe this, at a juicy price of 579.5K, averaging a 114.9 with a break-even of 93. And uh, he's hit a hot run of form. And um, I'll just make mention again, Liam, don't worry. I'm wearing no pants, so it's all good. Um, so if you see the desk raise interview, you'll know why. Um, so he is scoring uh, all on the weekend. Sorry, I'm getting frazzled here. He scored his second highest score of the year <laughs> with 138. And he's now bottomed out and is some of the best value on the market at present. And I know this can be banded about, uh, as we did at one stage there, for like, you know, the, the biggest value option of the year. Yeah. yeah, we were going with that. But in this, he falls into that category at the moment. Um, so he, he is super, super value. And he faces St. Kilda this round, who he last scored 141 against. So if you want him, jump on now as this Walsh rocket is heading to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's off. See you later. Launching. I feel like the last time we said that, he didn't, <laughs> didn't launch. So I'm a little, just that was the week we, that. that was the week that I jumped on him as well and he had, yeah. a, he had a downer. Yeah. Uh, okay. You will so, head to the moon's the closest thing yeah, outside so, of the Earth's stratosphere. So I don't know where he's going to head to. Another continent perhaps. Just the clouds. The Just clouds. The clouds. And then, yeah. And then give a give Kripa, uh, the helicrypter, a kick up the ass whilst he's up there. Yeah, thank you. That would be much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> now moving on, uh, we've got Marcus Bontempelli, mid-forward eligible, 587.5K with an average of 113.5 and a break-even of just 89. 
Uh, he's the second highest averaging forward in the comp. And it is no surprise when you see he has only scored below 100 twice this season. He has a three-game average of 121.7 and a five-game average of 118.2, which indicates he is currently underpriced for what he is actually producing currently in recent weeks. Uh, he obviously comes in with that handy DPP, which just adds another string to his bow. And that could be crucial heading into the back part of the year uh, to provide your team with greater flexibility and just more coverage. And I, I think now is the time to be trading in players with that DPP status because when you're running low on trades, uh, you want to be able to move players around um, if you if you do suffer an injury. Yeah, spot on, spot on. I mean, I said while she was, uh, was the best value, and he still is, but Bont is only 8K more exactly. Um, then Walshy and yeah, he's obviously got DPP. So yeah, he is, he's a top option that I would grab as a primo option. If you haven't, mm. if you're in the market for someone uh, to fill your forward spots, uh, but let's move on to on the bubble. And uh, we have uh, one of your boys in mm. beautiful name, Massimo D'Ambrosio. <laughs> Did I pronounce it correctly? BT? <sighs> B, yeah, I think BT would be pro- – no, you didn't put enough mayo on it for BT. BT needs yeah. a bit more. What would he, what would he say? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Massimo. He would, like, mispronounce it completely. <laughs> Massimo D. You've got to, like, roll the, the S and the O's a bit more. Yeah, Mas- and he, like, whispers, Massimo. Massimo with the ball, passes it off. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I write that. Okay. (laughs) I'll never do that again. (laughs) Apologies. Uh, So he is available as a defender, 102.4K, averaging a 52 with a break-even of negative 44. And he scored 51 and 53 in his first two games and is the most in-demand cash cow on the market, which is no surprise given he has the best break-even at the moment and looks to have semi-decent job security, which uh, should continue given the directive from the club you'd think. Um, should be two blood youngsters and trial players in different positions and players that aren't given much of a go, given finals are out of the equation. Are they, mm. Liam? Mathematically, are they? Oh, probably. I, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Ask, I haven't even looked at the Ask Ben Rutten. Ask Ben Rutten. Yeah. You'd probably say. You'd probably say, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a old Mick Malthouse. Uh, yeah, at each, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just the mathematically, we, we could still make it. Yeah. Uh, Whenever what you, you what roll you're... out that line, you just know that it might be mathematically possible, but it's not happening. Uh, yeah. My thoughts, my thoughts. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I like him. I think he's going to have, I think I would always go further than semi-decent job security. I'd say he has. Rock solid? No, uh, maybe slightly less than rock solid. He's not He's not a primo. Sorry. So like, I'd say solid. Yeah. Um, I don't see him getting dropped. Like, I think I've liked what I've seen as an Essendon supporter. I think he... He's going to probably, like, look, and this is a bit harsh, but I guess Heppel's on the way out. I see him sort of wanting to take on that role as a sort of uh, rebounding defender. Um, and with that sort of, he's got a very good, very good kick on him um, and very good vision. So I think he um, just creates a bit more um, movement off the halfback line. And I think, yeah, with, with some of like the likes of Heppel, probably in the twilight years, of their playing career, um, you'd probably be wanting to play him just so he's he's ready to take over. I like it. Fair. So Good I assessment. think he's got more. I think he's got more job security than 
I think he's got pretty decent job security. Yep, I like it. I like it. And bottom price, so ripper. Exactly. Maximize the amount of cash you're going to get in. Maximize Massimo. <laughs> now, moving on uh, from your mob, actually, Brody Kemp, defender yes. eligible, 156.8K, averaging 64.5 with a break even of minus 37. And he's one of the only remaining healthy key position players for Carlton, especially in the back line, uh, with their tall stocks virtually decimated in recent weeks. Uh, scored 56 in his first game and made his return after being admitted for a good month and a half to score 73 on the weekend against Frio. His job security in the short term should be pretty sound uh, with Boyd being ruled out for a little while uh, with a foot injury on the weekend, further, further solidifying his spot uh, in defence. Uh, Wiedering has been touted to return next week while Sam Durden won't return for at least another three weeks. But beyond that, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your key defenders have done, what what black hat they've crossed uh, to have uh, all gone down at once. Uh, but he does have the ability to play up forward or along the wing. So there is some chance he may be used elsewhere in the side by Voss. Um, uh, my personal opinion is he's probably the least best option of these of, of, of these three, only because of his higher price. Um, so you're not getting that initial cast injection um, that you kind of want. I'd be less worried about his, I mean, and, and his job security probably isn't super great, but I mean, I'll leave that to you, David. No, you've hit the nail on the head virtually. It's short term. You could probably say um, that, yeah, it's sound, but beyond mm. that, like going into the, you know, later weeks when Weedering returns, someone's got to be expendable. Even though having said that, like you mentioned, you know, our key position defense stocks are pretty thin. Um, but once we start regaining um, those you know, guys that we see as first 22 players, I think he's pretty mm. hard done by. Kemp, I am surprised that he hasn't had much more of a go than what he has. Um, and he did play pretty well on the weekend. Um, probably, his, you know, obviously his best game for the year. I mean, he's only played the two, but um, I think that, as well as the fact that he's got that ability to play elsewhere. Um, he probably isn't required up forward um, at the moment in terms of our key stocks up there, but he has shown, especially during his junior years, and I think he's been trolled along there in the VFL at times as well on the wing. So um, they might experiment with him potentially uh, if they can afford to do so um, in that position there. But <laughs> yeah, like you mentioned, I think, yeah, he comes at that higher price point and I think these guys Depends how many trades they've got up your sleeve as well. But if you are, you know, in sort of round about that point between four to six trades or less, yeah, you won't be getting these guys in as cash cows. You'd be getting them in probably more so as bench cover. And I think I wouldn't be going for him, especially for an extra 54.4K uh, compared to um, Damasimo. Um, you know, I, there's no way I'd be paying up that extra money because you're not getting any extra job security. You're actually getting less, I think. And I mean, yeah. the... Scoring will probably be about on par, I think, averaged out across the rest of the year. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of what I think. Yeah, and I think it's just that initial cash injection that you miss out on. That's what yeah. concerns me most is that that's what you need now. Um, yep. If Kemp was sort of priced a little bit cheaper, maybe you'd maybe you'd consider it. Yep, no, exactly right. And especially if it as well, I'm surprised he's not – uh, considered as a forward defender because he is traditionally that is his role like he can play up forward he can play in defense he played both roles in under 18 so but mm -hmm. oh well um yeah it's uh it's, he's probably one to consider but you know maybe only if you've got 
Massimo already and you need someone yeah. else um, only then consider him. But outside of that, yeah, I probably wouldn't consider him. Uh, moving on to the other player on the bubble and it is Rhett Bazo. What a name. Uh, as a defender forward, <laughs> priced at 117.3K, averaging a 38.5 with a break even of just negative eight. And uh, I must say, he hasn't looked out of place in the Eagles side since debuting a couple of weeks ago, mm. but uh, his scoring isn't anything to rave about given his role as a traditional key defender with scores of just 40 and 37. And uh, compared to Kemp, Kemp's been in the game for a little bit of a while now, uh, came in with a knee injury and he's done a couple of pre-seasons now, whereas Bazo, I think it's his first year from memory um, yeah. or thereabouts. So yeah, he's much yeah. more raw. Mm. Um in terms of his job security, uh, looks secure for the time being, especially given McGovern had to have a plate inserted into his torso to help his break, broken ribs heal. Sounds really, uh, really sore. Um, so, yeah, it looks as though he is some ways off a return at this stage. Mm. So, you know, whilst his job security looks sound from a bench cover point of view, his cash cow and scoring potential side of things mean he is worth bypassing, I think, um, in favour of uh, D'Ambrosio. Yep, I agree entirely there. I think it's, it's time to move on to what probably is my favourite segment, and it is I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I reckon, that, I reckon that's your best one yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark that, that down. One. That was I really, really good because, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll be able to see the, the stark turn of phrase there, but it's almost that acting ability that like, if you're listening <laughs> on the podcast, you went from like, you know, chipper, you're up and about, you're like, this is my favorite segment. And then you just turned and it was like, geez, it's like, it's like you ushered someone else in to do the voice acting part for you. Now that I think about it, sorry, thank you. Thank you for that kind compliment. No worries. But now that I think about it, I don't know why it's my favorite segment. I can't be a captain to save my life this year. <laughs> Are you, I don't reckon... Oh, well, I reckon it's in, in my in my point anyway, I reckon it's the vice captain. I'm really finding it hard as a sorry, vice, yeah, to pick a yeah. vice captain. But I'm the picking, captaincy is not too bad. Yeah, sorry, that's probably a fair call. I, I'm struggling. I keep missing my vice captain in the recent weeks. But anyway. Yeah. Actually, I picked it this week, which was nice. So that was good. But yeah, anyway, let's uh one of the let's, let's jump into the <laughs> jump into the, to the segment. Uh so in I'm the captain now, we've scrounged the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And first up on Friday and on Thursday night at 720, we've got Lucky Neal against the Western Bulldogs. And he's an average of 116.75 over his last four against the Doggies, with scores of 85, 167, 114, and uh 101. I don't know. Yeah, no, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. It reminds mm. me so much already of last week, first game between Melbourne and the Lions, and it was, it was Neil up against Oliver. Yeah, and I think a majority of people went for Oliver, like we did, and he paid dividends, which was good. Yeah. Um, those poor sods that went for Neil, um, because it looked like he was tracking, like he was going to score oh, higher than yeah. Oliver early on, and then I don't know who clamped down on him if. Anyone did for the D's? I can't recall, but yeah, he just um, hit a brick wall. I think Harms did, yeah. Harms did, that's right. Yeah, put the clamps on him and helped. The cooler, the cooler as they call him. Mm -hmm. He cooled him right down, threw him into the McDonald's freezer. Like, come on in, come on in. We won't shut the door. And then they shut the door. <laughs> sorry, mate. Oh, sorry, just reliving uh, past traumas of when I was uh, having birthday parties <laughs> at McDonald's. <laughs> There'll be many, many listeners out there. You'd be able to uh, relate to this. I don't know if that ever happened to you, Liam. You're probably um, 
they probably at the stage where OHS did, did was I a big get issue. Locked in a McDonald's freezer? No. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe they used happened. to do that. I mean, we're going off on a tangent here, but like it was probably during a stage of like utter looseness because nowadays, if you try to do that, the OHS side of yeah. things, like you could lose your job. Like yeah. you could lose your franchisee license by doing that shit. But yeah, like, they'll be like, oh, coming in, check out like. You know, we're going to go get the uh, the ice cream cake. Oh, oh, yeah, no worries. And they go, like, coaxing you in, like, check out what's in the freezer. Who cares what's in a freezer? But you're a kid and you're like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll go in there. Not knowing. <laughs> and then they shut the door behind you. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, good one. And then you're like, uh, uh, okay, you're going to open that door? So um, <laughs> don't try that at home. We would have died. But, yeah, no, it's just weird. It's just wacky. <laughs> it's just wacky because that's one of the things that I remember from my childhood. Birthday parties at mm. Macca's with that they used to do which they don't do anymore obviously and for good reason but then also the all you can eat pizza huts this is becoming like a bloody lifestyle podcast oh, now yeah. but that was that was amazing and I, I think they only do it interstate now potentially might be queensland or or new south wales but anyway any listeners mm-hmm. there um tweet, tweeted us obviously um you can work in a super coach uh, related <laughs> bit if you want but just want to know <laughs> if there's any 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 or you can eat Pizza Huts out there that you can go to because I want to go to it. And just on Pizza Huts, I just love now. Like, I mean, there's not many around yeah. now, but I love seeing like old, like new businesses in an yes. old Pizza Hut building. Because you're always like, you know, that it was a yeah. Pizza Hut. Exactly. They got the the stereotypical always, like, you know, like that. Yeah, I don't know what you the roof, like the tiling. Yeah, like that shape. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, you're not a real estate agent. You're an ex Pizza Hut. <laughs> or, or you're an ex Sizzler. Sizzlers back in the day. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I remember yeah, going yeah. to one and I know on Google Maps you can have a look and you can wind it back. You can almost travel back back in time and you go the street view and oh, yeah, wow. you can you can wind it back. I think it goes back as early as uh the early two thousands. And there was a but it was just after they changed it from Sizzlers to I don't know, it was like a Pizza Hut or something, but they all share like the similar sort of mm. architecture. Anyway, let's get on with on the captain now because it's, it yeah, is no, it is not really- I'm I'm the the old residents of a pizza hut now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up we have uh, in that same game, um, Jack McRae um, averaging a 152.5 over his last four against the Lions with scores of 137, 183, 135 and a 155. So obviously he plays very well historically against the Lions and actually has his best average against the Lions with an average score of 134.5 from 11 outings. So uh, he's hit a nice run of form in recent times. Has McRae, knock on wood, that continues. But yeah, it comes down to now, it's almost like McRae stepped into Oliver's shoes from last week up against Neil. Mm. Who do you go for? So he's looking like the juicier of the two options, I think, though. It's a, it's a given. Definitely. Um, now moving on to the next game, uh, we've got Sammy Walsh against St Kilda uh, on Friday at 7.50 p.m. Now, he's only got an average of 92 over his last four games against the Saints uh, with scores of 141, massive, 58, 93, 76. But he has, has hit some great form uh, this weekend against the Dockers with a score of 138 and his last score of 141 against the Saints last year. So uh, could he be in for a big one? Yeah. Maybe. In the absence of Cripper, uh, he's actually taken over. It's almost like he sapped Cripper's form and, like, he's just, like, consumed it and now he's just – on fire because he could be a bit of a smoky. I mean, everyone's been saying Cripper for the Brownlow, but Walshy, he's coming. The freight train, 
he is coming. But um, yeah, keep him in mind, he's probably more of a risk, but as a VC option, uh, less so. So yeah, consider him, no doubt. Uh, Keller Mills is the next one against your mob in the Dons on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. And he's averaged 119.75 in his last four games against the Dons with scores of 167, 87, 129, and a 96. A bit of a Jekyll and Hyde type scenario there. So every second, every second yeah. week. Um, but uh, he scored, yeah, that 167 against the Dons earlier uh, this year, um, in fact. So, yeah, I mean, you've got to out you got to weigh that up alongside of the fact that uh, his form line in recent times has been on a bit of a downer. So, um, yeah, it might be more of a pod yeah. type VC option considering especially that Neil and McRae are playing first up as the you'd imagine will be the popular VC options. But, um, yeah, could be all right. Yeah, definitely. Now, probably on to the, the best option. And I mean, Supercoach, mm. Supercoach Gold has this guy. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> projector for what? Is that 193 yeah. or something? With fair reason, though. Fair reason. Uh, fair reason. Fair reason. He has, uh, so it's Clayton yep. Oliver, if, if you didn't know, uh, playing against Adelaide on Saturday at 4.35. He's averaged 156 in his last four games against the Crows with scores of 204, 93, yeah. 205. <laughs> what bookends? <laughs> And 122. Uh, he has his best average, shockingly, against the Crows no way. on his side. <laughs> with, <laughs> with an average of 132.5 from eight games that he's played against them. And he also has an average of 137.9 at Adelaide Oval from eight games at that venue. I'm pretty sure both of those two hundreds came at Adelaide Oval. That is a joke. So, I mean... <laughs> He's projected for 193, so you better go for it. I think you are mad. You are mad. I think uh. <laughs> I think his last um, game, um, when did he play? That would have been in 20 – yeah, it would have been la- last year, um, round 22, he had a bit of a downer with 93. Um, round 10, 204. Uh, and I remember that was, the, that was the point of the year when a lot of people were trading him in. Um, and for those people who missed out on that score, you'd be kicking yourself because, yeah, in 2020, round 10, again, 205 points. So, yeah, he just just to sort of rub it in. Uh, what do you think, Abdul? Can you give me a number crunch real quick? His three-game average against them is 167.33333, repeating, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so amazing, absolutely amazing. He is hands down. He has to factor into your, your VC yeah. or C, no matter he what it is. Something. Yeah, exactly. The only people that wouldn't do it are ghost ship teams, I think. So you're going to be falling behind. But if you want to be an ultra pod, if you want to be super different, um, talking to someone that we know here, JP, uh, <laughs> feel free to put it on someone else. I dare you. I absolutely dare you because uh, it would be quite funny if you miss out on a massive score. Um, <laughs> I, I double dare you. What's, what comes after double dare? What is it? Uh, triple, triple dog dare. Triple, why is it dog dare? I don't understand. I didn't understand why it was a dog dare. It was just always triple why dog dare. Why not a cat somewhere. dare? Yeah, no, no. it's funny. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's just let's just bring it down a notch because it's almost Vince McMahon like on the chair style at the yeah. moment, like talking about Oliver. Let's let's bring it back down to earth, and it is with uh, a guy that's actually served uh, both of us quite well. Mm. Ian at Rory Laird, and he faces um, who's he face? Oh, Melbourne. Sorry, I've written here MLB. I thought it was Major League Baseball. He's, he's turned to Major League Baseball. He's given up footy. I'm too good. 
Um, he faces Melbourne on Saturday at 4.35 as well. Same game, obviously. Um, he's averaged 114.75 in his last four games against the Demons with scores of 123, 105, 120, and 111. But he uh, he comes in with that hot runner form, which is uh, probably the, the one thing that is the juiciest with a three-round mm. average of 135.3 and a five-round average of 125.8 to back up that uh, nice run of scores against the Ds. So, yeah, he could factor in. He, he could, oh, no, he couldn't do it because it's the same game. Damn it. Yeah, I was going to say you could potentially do a VC on Oliver and then a C on Laird, but you can't. You have to, you have to choose one or all, and you, you know who you'll choose. You've got to, you've got to go for him, mate. Yeah, Laird. Go Laird. Do it. <laughs> Laird. Yeah, be a pod. Go for Laird. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next game on Saturday at 7.25 is Took Miller against Collingwood. He has averaged uh, 120.25 in his last four against the Pies with scores of 160, 115, 122, and an 84. And he's his best average against Collingwood of any other side. And that 160 came from his game earlier in the year. So definitely an option to consider. Another guy who uh, obviously served me well on the weekend uh, faces the Pies again in that same game. Obviously, he's averaging 87 in his last four against the Pies with scores of 136, 71, 65, and 76, but comes into the game off a score of 148 against the Power uh, and their broomsticks. But uh, Collingwood give away the third most points to opposition rucks, it must be said. So um, off the back of that alone, um, and the fact that I think Port was the team that was giving up the most points to opposition rucks. Um, so you'd think, given that he should score, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict around about 120-odd, I reckon. Uh, around about that mark of uh, a captaincy score. But, um, yeah, considering mm. if no one else that we've uh, mentioned stands out. On Sunday at 3.20 against Hawthorne, we've got Stephen Canilio. Uh, he's averaged 101.5 in his last four against the Hawks with scores 103, 75, 111 and 117. So nothing really to write home about. But just keep in mind that Hawthorne do give away the second most points to inside mids of any other side. And... Cox has been in a pretty good run of form. Um, so it could be a bit of a, a pod if you are looking for a C option late in the week. If you do go hard on a, uh, you know, a VC on, on Clayton Oliver rather than trying to back in McRae and then go into Oliver. But yes. yeah, another option for you. Very nice. And another pod option because it is the uh, the last game. Uh, I assume it's the last game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Freo yeah. against Port. And it is... Oh, da da, Sean Darcy. <laughs> and yeah, faces Port, which, like I mentioned, um, they've got no Ruckman. The broomstick comes in. He's averaged 82 in his last three games against the Power with scores of just 83, 78, and 86, but has only played them three times in 2021, 2019, and 2018. But could be facing that broomstick with no recognized Ruckman for the Power, where obviously, like I just mentioned with Witter managed a score of 148 against the power last round. So um, he would be an ultra pod mm. option, I think, because, I mean, a lot of people would want to lock in a captaincy score um, prior to the last game. I don't know what it is with last games, but I've never – I don't think I've ever gone for a captain in the last game. I may have done that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, across I, the line, but there's nothing that sticks out. I can't think of it either. Yeah, but I've done that. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Anyone else, if uh, if we are complete lunatics and you do it all the time, let us know. But if you are in um, that side of the camp as well, let us know because it's interesting. I've only just thought about that. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to honourable mentions and uh, I'll let you take this one, Liam, because it is uh, the return of your boy. 
Really? I mean, I'm assuming he returns this week. I mean, I think he was close last week and just didn't obviously get across the line. Um, but it is Darcy Parrish. <laughs> he has scores of 109, 99, 108 at 86 in his last four against the Swans. And four of his last six scores for the season, if you do exclude his injury-affected 51, were above 125 and perfect for that VC or C option. Uh, so one to consider as a bit of a pod option, but I think there are better options this round. And in that um, very same game, isn't it? Licky Parker. Mm. Uh, he loves dining out on your mob. Uh, he has scores of 106, 151, 111 and 109 in his last four against the Dons. But, yeah, he doesn't really have that much of a ceiling, as you can see there, apart from that 151 game. Yeah. Um, that really stands out as a captaincy score. So uh, presents as a bit of a riskier option um, because there are better options for VC and C. But he is one to consider if you want to go ultra pod. Definitely. So, Damon, who, who are you going to go? Uh, well, I think I'll be backing in uh, McRae as VC, bypassing mm-hmm. Oliver. Nah, just joking. <laughs> uh, locking in Oliver as the C or alternatively going Oliver the VC into, uh, I don't know, maybe I should buck the trend and go Sean Darcy uh, with the C. Maybe. No, I reckon I reckon I'll go with yeah. A lot of people will be going with this down this route, which will be McRae VC Oliver C. So, I think I'll go down that um, down that path. What about yourself? I am doing the same thing. <laughs> yep, <laughs> simple. Give me a simple yep. McRae into Oliver. I think that's your best option uh, yep. this round, and I think a lot of people will do it. So it's it's just it's worth kind of following the trend um, sometimes with your captaincy options. Very nice. Well, Liam. Have you got to know? I don't know. Do you have to know? Hey, I got to know. Well, let's jump straight in. So we've got some questions from some listeners uh, that we got through from Twitter. Uh, first one is from Maddie Tex, who is at Tex Maddie, and his question was, "What was the riskiest trade you made this season that paid off big time, and when did you make it?" Damon, I'll chuck that over to you to begin with. Yeah, I mean, looking back through my trades, I don't think mm-hmm. I've done anything ultra risky, although you could probably say the trade-in of Himmelberg has been the riskiest due to a number of reasons, I guess, his high price point at that stage, uncertainty with his role, potentially switching back to forward, as spoken by McVeigh that very week. <laughs> uh, we both got him in, uh, so it was uh, very much a risk. And the other point was being, you know, not seeing a massive or a huge sample size uh, to judge mm-hmm. whether he could continue the scoring that he was producing. Um, so that there is probably the um, the riskiest of the lot. In terms of rookies, uh, taking a couple of risks there, but the biggest is in terms of trading in Hobbs after just one game. And I think you did the same thing. Is that right, Liam? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was looking like it could have been a disaster uh, with poor scores of 34 and 13 in his second and third game. We thought, shit, okay, this is another dead rookie, hit a brick wall, third game in, going to get dropped. But since then, he has been one of the more successful rookies to date, you know, with his uh, scoring on the weekend aside. So it was a bit of a sliding doors moment because it was either Rosas from Gold Coast or him and Rosas was the late out because of his ankle or thereabouts mm. from memory and uh, opted for Hobbs because needed someone on the park at that stage. <coughs> um, so, Yeah. And I think we needed, uh, in my case anyway, I needed a little bit of uh, extra dosh. So I wasn't sure how long Rosas was going to be out for. But, yeah, worked well. Worked very well. What about Mm. yourself, Liam? Yes, so riskiest so far this season was probably this week uh, bringing in both Nank the Tank and Blixarves in the same week. So just 
completely going pod on the ruck line. <clears throat> um, it's probably hard to, to tell whether that's been successful. Uh, obviously, one week sample size isn't great. I mean, 141 from Nank was great. 87 from Blixarv's not too, not too bad. Uh, but I'll, I'll have to uh, assess over the next few weeks. But I guess I'll just delve into some of the past ones. Uh, probably one of my mischievous trades that paid off was jumping on Jack Steele in 2020 mm. uh, when he first broke out. Uh, and on the back of that, I did finish in the top 1K um, just because I managed to jump on him early. And then I guess similarly last year, I brought in Parrish um, just before his sort of real hot runner mm. form and before most people had jumped on him. Yeah. So I did offer plenty of opportunity for VC and Cs that were actually pod VCs um, across the year and then managed to write a few of his scores before his ownership did go up, which was also nice. Something I didn't really do this year, um, which maybe is probably part of the issue that I maybe need to just back in my gut mm. a little bit more. Yep. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a couple of... Um... Serious pods there that you uh, that you've picked up that this year now uh, some of the the better premiums on offer um, injuries aside of course but yeah done very very well well done thank you now I've got another question this one I'm going to give to you Damon okay. give it to you because it's I reckon it's two of your boys yeah yep but not like not 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 Sammy Walsh level but yeah I think you're about both of these guys in. Yeah, yep. so it's from Sam Cullen uh, at Sammy Cullen Four. He says he asks, with four trades left, is it worth trading Crips to Steel? Now I know you both you like both those players, especially Steel. I reckon. From a yep, I love Steel. Love Steeler, um, and I'm in that same bracket that I I have thought about it and mm. um, worthy of consideration. But I would say it's somewhat of a risk, depending on whether you have uh, well, firstly finished you know, or completed your side with upgrades. And then secondly, it comes down to the overall strength of your side for bench depth at this stage of the year. I would say, you know, if you finish your side and the bench depth, you know, will serve you well if you have an injury in the short term, it might be worth it. But you have to think of how many extra points it will net you by trading a cripper to steal. It's so hard. I mean, from what we're seeing of Crips now compared to the start of the year is chalk and cheese. And if Crips can regain that form that he has at the start of the year um, as pretty much going to be neck and neck or thereabouts. Uh, Cripper may even come out ahead slightly, but if that was the case, it would be a waste to trade because you're trading, you know, like for like, they're going to be <clears throat> generating the same sort of points, but you know, you've, you've really got to think about, you know, ultimately, so will steal outscore Crips by that much each week to justify the sideways trade. So, You've got to remember as well, we've only got eight weeks left, but a huge majority of the competition have around about, I'm going to say an average about six trades or thereabouts. There'll be outliers that are listening and watching this that'll have more than that, which is awesome if you if you are in that camp. And if you do, I would probably consider um, this sideways yeah. trade. But I think, you know, just playing devil's advocate. So if Steel outscores Crips by an average of 10 points a game over the eight weeks, it's obviously only an extra 80 points. Probably couldn't justify it then. Um, 80 points is like an extra player on a given week. Mm. Um, 20 points a game is 160 extra points over the course of the year and then so on and so forth. So you've really got to work out, okay, um, I'm getting in still because I think he's going to he's gonna average X number of points more than, than Crips. But I don't think it justifies a trade um, and I don't think the potential for extra points – really outweighs the potential need to keep those trades up your sleeve if you only have four for long-term injuries. 
So once it gets down to having, I always look at it in terms of the easiest way to look at it is once you get down to having a trade per week. So if you have six trades in hand and you're down to the last six weeks of the season, then go crazy. I mean, you've got a trade a week, um, probably don't use them all up over the course of, you know, um, three weeks um, over the remaining six weeks, for example. But if you have four, I would love to keep those four trades until the last month of the season or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the last six weeks of the season, uh, just as a little bit of, you know, leeway. Um, so I would consider it, but We've seen injuries and suspensions cook us over the past couple of weeks with the likes of English going down, Gorn going down, Tickle, uh decimating our ruck lineup, um, and then the weekend just gone, Stewart, uh, one of the more popular primos as well, suspended uh, ultimately for three-plus weeks. So you've really got to think, okay, if this what's happening now is going to happen in the last month of the year when you're, when you're down to one trade, for example – you are going to be absolutely cooked. And it has happened. It's happened to me a couple of times across the journey. And I've said to myself, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to learn from it. And every year I've gotten stingier and stingier, you could probably say, with my trades uh, because I go by the team name DJ Trade a lot. And I used to, used to trade heaps. And I used to be out of trades by around about, you know, week 17, week 18 of a 23-week season. So you don't want to be left in that, um, uh, I guess, situation because you will plummet down the rankings and, you've got to remind yourself it is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so for those sort of trades, if you had more trades up your sleeve, I would potentially do it. But with four trades left, I would hold off a little bit more if you can. Maybe wait a few more weeks just in case the Crips can regain that form. Steel could potentially bottom out a little bit further, could have a down game. Um, but as we've said about Steel, as I've, as I've said about Steel, his, his, uh, his floor is quite high. And that's one thing I love about Steel. Um, that sort of Crips does lack. Um, so there is that uh, upside there in trading to a steal, but I could talk about this for, for days on end, but I'll, I'll, I'll pass it over to you, Liam. No, I tend to agree. I think everything you've said is exactly what I'm kind of thinking. On the, on the <clears throat> I guess, on the, like, base of it, if you said to me, should you trade Crips to steal, I'd say, yeah, don't mind it. But I think when you start thinking about it in terms of, how much more is he going to average in terms of points per game? And then considering there's only eight games left, uh, like even if it is just the 20 points, is 160 points enough? Um, Especially if you've only got four trades left. If you had, as you said, if you had six, maybe I'd consider it. If you had more than six, I'd definitely consider it. Um, But I think four is just maybe not enough um, at this stage. I think if it was a little bit later in the season, then yes but it's a bit hard. It's a bit hard to know. It's a tough one because it comes down from it's an individual sort of situation where you're at, how many uh, trades you have in hand, um, the like. So, yeah. Think about it. Maybe consider it. Hold it in your hand for a few more weeks and if you can use it as a luxury because it is a luxury trade, um, hold off a little bit longer and then consider it. What is quickly becoming your favourite segment of the the podcast? And it is the last segment. And we'll just quickly check in on the uh, Supercoach group rankings. And the high score of around 15 was Chase with his team. What's his team name? His team name is Nicknate the MILF. Just let that sink in a little bit. He had a decent score, 2,630. Round rank of 187 and an overall ranking for the season of 655, which is very nice. Well done there, Chase. 
What a name. What a, what a, what a, what a team name. Uh... <laughs> what a team um, name for good reason because yeah, it ties why, in. Why, David? <laughs> as we've said, for nine <laughs> weeks now, come up to nine weeks, ties in so well with this bloke's team name. And it is, of course, Tyler with his team name, Cream Pies. The total score of 34,553 and an overall rank of 18. So he has held. So well done, Tyler. But mm. I must, I'm going to point this out. Chase, if you follow us on, on socials, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, reach out to us because I am almost convinced that as soon as you saw that you that you were the highest scorer for round 15, you changed your team name to tie in with, with, with Tyler's team. Because why, why else would you choose a name Nick, Nick Nat the MILF? Nick Nat the MILF cream pies. Interesting. I, I can see you are feverishly uh, typing yes. away there, Liam. Are, are you searching? Just searching the team name just to make sure. <laughs> I wouldn't be Googling that team name, especially with safe search off. Hey, um, hey. Yeah. Though by cream pies, Tyler. Nine weeks in a yes. row. Oh, he's, he's absolutely creamed the competition. Hey, hey, hey. Oi. Now, if you do want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, <laughs> which I feel like we've told them you can't join anymore, but I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> do it. Do it for these names. And, and congratulations, Chase, to you. Tip of the cap for changing your team name, if you did. But if you didn't, I mean, the universe just wants also, us to carry on with this gag. Tip of the heart. Uh, the, the code is 142059. But let's have a quick run through of the winners in the Supercoach Edge Crown League for Tier 3 Patreons. Patreons. And the winners in round 15 were your side, Damon, Damon with his team DJ Trade-A-Lot, Lyle with his team Lyle Stars, Bruce with his team Schuin, Matthew with his team Orion, and Kyle with his team uh, Northwind. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for the ongoing entertainment, Tyler, and mm. everyone else that is leading the highest scorer for a given round and having a team name that ties in with his. Uh, but in terms of socials, before we sign off, Liam, uh, where can our listeners and viewers find us? Yes, on YouTube, if you search Supercoach Edge, uh, you'll find us there so you can watch us and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamonJ88, myself at, at LiamEvans underscore 95, on Facebook and Insta, search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. And now, Damon, we're on a new, we're on a new uh, platform as well, aren't we? We are. We are indeed, actually, yes. It's very, very, uh, very funny you mentioned that because I forgot to put in the notes there. We are uh, available on TikTok where um, we're putting up some of the uh, the best bits or just funny moments, that sort of thing, which given that we could probably put out the, uh, I might do it actually, a compilation of all the different team names that have tied in with Tyler's. Uh, <laughs> we might do that. Like if Tyler takes out as the, as the champ, might present yeah. it to him. Uh, just, just funny. It'll, it'll go for a fair while, I imagine. Uh, and mm. it'll mainly just be 90% of us just pissing ourselves laughing and giggling like little schoolgirls, <laughs> um, but for good reason. But yes, we are on TikTok. So search us, check us out there and, um, yeah, give us a follow, um, everything else. And on YouTube as well, I can see, I've had a look at the analytics and we're actually getting, <laughs> I think there's like about maybe 20% of our viewership as subscribers. Now, can we bump that up? If you're watching through to the end now at the moment, if you haven't subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Subscribe. Yes. You want to get the numbers up there because it just, it helps 
not inflate our egos. I mean, it's always good to see, oh yeah, good subscribers, but it helps with the YouTube algorithm because I'm, I'm trying to do a, a bit of a, a deep dive on these things and trying mm. to find ways to uh, to get sort of the, the podcast or the vodcast in this case out there. So yeah, check it out. Yes, very nice. Very nice there, Damon. Yep, but uh, that brings us to the end. So uh, as we've said, as we've seen over the uh, the past few weeks, we've seen the likes of Gorn go down, English, Proust, Tickle, and now Stuart has gone down on the weekend. So let's hope it's a change of fortunes with us not talking about any major injuries, any major suspensions. Mm. Supercoach gods, please gift us with just, just I mean, you, you gifted us with a, a large scoring round, but gift us also, large scoring round, Oliver scoring 193 plus and no injuries, no suspensions, and we'll be happy chappies. I don't like our chances. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I just slip him a fitty, slip him a fitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> what if they want? Gods. I don't know. What are they? What are the? What, how do you sacrifice something to the super coach gods? Uh, what do we sacrifice? Um, I don't know. I'll sacrifice a cash cow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> super coach gods. <laughs> I'll be sacrificing. Yes. How's about this? I'll be sacrificing Jeffrey to the super coach mm, gods. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we I go. Think that's fair. We'll check in with you guys next week and hopefully it's worked. So we'll, yes, uh, we'll catch you then. All the best. And don't forget, Oliver, 193 plus. Get on him. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.